Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. Walter Storlt here with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Inside Folios based in Pinconning. So we've got a good couple of things on the docket today. You know, it's the end of the year, pretty much. So we're going to talk about end of year discussions today. What should the financial matters be that you are addressing before we change the calendar over to 2023? So we've got six tips to give you there. Hey, this is the year of uh, hopefully gift giving and also receiving too. But the giving part is, uh, you know, obviously one of the best parts of this time of year. So we're going to talk a little bit about generosity in your financial plan and in retirement a little bit more in detail today as well. So all of that plus more on the way on today's show. Kevin, you ready to hit it all? Let's give it a whirl. All right. So we'll start off with end of year discussions, since that might be top of mind for folks. By the way, if you have any questions as we go through the show today, you can find Kevin online at insightfolios.com or call 888-885-PLAN. First tip end of year that we should discuss here, consider maxing out retirement contributions if you're financially able to do so. So this would be for folks who are still working, a good action item for them. Uh, Why? Are we talking like if we've got a couple of thousand dollar gap, let's go ahead and fill that in and try and max out this year. What does that do to somebody's plan to be able to do that? Well, it does a couple of things, Walter. First of all, it'll get you to retirement quicker in most cases because you're saving more. And second of all, it'll give you a tax break. So if you're putting into a traditional 401k or traditional 403B, those types of things, let's say you put in an additional $2,000 and you're just like you just stated, that $2,000 is not going to be taxed. So it's going to be before tax. So it'll save you some dollars on tax. It'll get you some match typically on whatever your employer's matching out there. And typically it's going to help you get to retirement quicker because you're saving more. Now, for those of you that are self-employed, you have what's called a SEP, S-E-P. So meaning that you can also do, you know, a set planning. So we have several people who are realtors that I know of. We set those plans up for them. So they're able to put traditionally money in those at the end of the year, too. So all those things are going to help you two ways. Get to retirement quicker and then, you know, save you some dollars on taxes now. So remember, when we're doing that, there's there's kind of a tipping point because all we're doing is kicking the tax can down the road. Sooner or later, you have to pay tax on it. But it depends on what your individual situation is, whether it makes sense or not. How do you find out? You sit down, talk to your tax person, or you talk to your advisor, and you start running some numbers. All right. Again, tip number one for end of year planning, uh, max out those contributions if you're able to. Now, let's fast forward to if you're already in retirement, you might be, especially if you're getting uh, you know, a few years into retirement, into that realm where you've got to start taking those RMDs, those required minimum distributions. And this one's big, right, Kevin? Like you don't want to forget to do that. No, you don't. Let's let's give an example here. Let's say a half a million dollar um, IRA or four hundred one k, Walter. Now the new rule they they change from seventy and a half to seventy two for those people who don't know that. So RMD stands for required minimum distribution. In other words, the IRS is saying you need to take money out of those accounts, out of those what they call qualified accounts, IRAs, 403Bs, 401Ks, the age you turn 72. 
So let's assume you saved a half a million dollars in your IRA. You're going to take out roughly a little over $18,000. You have to take it out. If you don't take it out, Walter, do you remember what the penalty is? Oh, I don't remember. You've mentioned it before, but... 50%. Oh, five oh zero. gosh. So oh, $9,000 penalty. And I can tell you... <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> that's bad. And the IRS typically will not forgive it. I can tell you that also. So if you have, you know, the, the RMDs, you're 72 or older, and, you know, make sure you get those out. I mean, now, that just ain't right. How does, how does somebody get away with putting that into legislation to have that level of penalty? I mean, come on. They did it. That's right. worse than an overdraft fee. That's worse than, I don't know, all sorts That's of bad. other fines and fees and things like that. That's bad, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's really, I mean, 50%. Yeah. And for some people, they don't need that RMD. They don't want that RMD. You can do what's called a qualified charitable um, distribution. So you can make that RMD directly out to your charity of choice, and that doesn't get included into your taxable income. So there's something that most people overlook that sometimes, you know, in our in our office, we have, I bet you 10, 12, 15 people who do that every year. They take their RMDs, they give them to the charity, that way they don't have to pay tax on them, and then the charity gets a, a, a nice, um, um, you know, income there too. All right. Well, that is definitely one to circle, underline, italics, highlight, bold, all those kinds of things. Um, all you remember is 50% yeah. penalty if you don't do it on whatever you're supposed to take out. So, uh, Just a quick question, Kevin. So if, you, if you, ha- you, know, you have a lot of clients and you have many of them who are at that RMD age, is that something you're having to remind them to do? Or is it already built in as part of the plan to take those RMDs and it, it happens without them having to like, think about it every year? That is a good question, and this is what everybody should be looking for. So a lot of people are going to forget. Why? Because they're not in the financial industry. So every January in our office, we go through every client, and we see who's turning 72, and we reach out, and we set that up so it happens automatically. So you don't have to worry about it from that point forward. So if you're about to turn 72 and you're not hearing from your advisor, you want to reach out to them because you need to take that out because that penalty is a hefty penalty and you don't want to go down there to the, you know, at the last minute and have to get it out because you forgot and then it doesn't get out by December 31st and then you're looking at that 50% penalty. So make sure it's done. Yeah, don't want to have that problem pop up for sure. Uh, If you need help taking your RMDs, figuring those moving parts of the puzzle out and want that overall plan, reach out to Kevin and the team at Inside Folios, based in Pin Conning, easy to come in, say hello. If you've got any questions on your mind, give them a call, 888-885-PLAN, and you can set up a time to meet to discuss further, 888-885-7526. Again, the number to dial, and you can get in touch with Kevin. Don't worry, we won't put you here on the radio show. You guys can talk off air. All right, uh, another end-of-year suggestion, tip, thing to be thinking about. Explore possibilities for tax loss harvesting. All right, a little buzzword alert going off in my head here, Kevin. Tax loss harvesting, a bit of a weighty term there. So what are we talking about here? Well, this year, people may be able to take advantage of So what we're talking about there is the market typically is down this year. But there are certain things that are up. So like Exxon or Chevron, those types of um, stocks are up. So if you have a gain in one stock, let's say you have uh, an oil stock and it's you made $5,000 in it, and you have a loss in another stock, let's say you bought coals, and that's lost. Now that's what we're talking about, tax loss harvesting. You can sell the one, uh, you can sell both of those, and they're essentially going to wash out the gain in, in the loss at the same time. We look at that every single year for our clients. That's you know pretty much in the plan. 
Is there anything we can help you as far as tax is going? Is uh, What we're talking about here is a tax loss harvesting. So can we sell some things? Can we buy some things? What can we do in order to help you tax-wise? And you should be having those conversations now before the end of the year so that you can take advantage of those. Certain criteria you have to follow, certain things when you do sell, you have to stay out of the market for 31 days typically or longer, those types of things. So just don't do it automatically thinking that, you're doing something, make sure you sit down with somebody that can guide you and direct you and make sure you're doing it above above water so you don't get a penalty from the IRS. So it seems like we're talking about a lot of penalties from the IRS if we do this. Yeah. This is our what end we're of, talking about this now, is our right? end of year list is don't get smacked across the head by the I, yeah. IRS is sort of the uh the uh, little bit more casual headline for the today show. Yes. <laughs> don't yeah. get punched in the face by the IRS. There you go. All right, so explore those possibilities of tax loss harvesting. Is that a DIY kind of thing, Kevin, or is, are we really getting to the territory of you know kind of needing an expert to help you navigate that part? Because well, to, to me, who I, I consider myself relatively financially savvy and in the know because I talk to you all the time, and, and, and I like numbers and looking at all that kind of stuff, and I find that intimidating to understand the right way to do it, how to do it um, strategically. I mean, I guess there's just submitting your forms that have automatically been created for you. And that's one thing, but like truly thinking of that as a strategy is where I start to my personal threshold. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm getting uncomfortable now when I hit this part. Yeah. Typically you're going to want to sit down with somebody because there's all these things going on in the background. So if you sell something for a gain and then you quite don't offset it and that little bit of gain and you're on the health care program, for, for example, you know, that may jack up your health insurance premiums. It may do, do all sorts of things that you're not thinking about. So typically what we say, let's start the conversation here. Let's get a hold of your accountant. Let's see if we're all on the same page and let's see if this makes sense before we pull the trigger because we don't want to mess anything up that's going on in the background that I may not be aware of. And you may have forgot about, but your accountant doesn't because he, he can look at it or she can look at it on your tax returns and see what's going on. Okay, very good. So far, we've covered a couple of really good items to think about at the end of the year. Again, a quick recap of our first three. One, consider maxing out retirement contributions if you can. Two, take RMDs, especially, obviously, if you're 72 or older, that's where that kicks in for you. And then number three, explore those possibilities for tax loss harvesting. If you don't know how to really do any of that or you're not quite sure what the rules are or how that fits into your overall plan or like Kevin talked about, all these other undercurrents of your financial plan that can be affected by some of these decisions, and if you don't know how to track all that and understand it, well, that's probably a pretty good indication that it would be a great idea to at least talk with an advisor, somebody like Kevin who can help you be aware of these moving parts. doesn't mean you have to work together, uh, but it might be a great idea to at least set up a complimentary review, talk about your situation, see if you'd be a good fit to work with uh, Kevin and how you might be able to improve your financial and retirement situation going forward. Most of the time, there are some great areas for improvement and it makes it totally worthwhile coming in and having that conversation. Think of it as just getting a second opinion on your current financial and retirement outlook. If you want to come in, meet with Kevin, have that conversation, you can dial 888-885-PLAN. If you get the voicemail, just leave a quick note, and Kevin will reach back out to you and set up that time to visit, either over Zoom or in person. 888-885-PLAN is the number. Whether it's a complex question or something simple, don't hesitate to reach out. Also online at insightfolios.com. Dot com. All right, let's take a quick break, Kevin. We'll come back and uh, we'll continue this conversation about end-of-year items that need to be on top of mind. We've got uh, three more points to go over, so we'll do that in the next segment. Stay tuned right here for more on Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. 
Let's see what people are saying about Simply Financial. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us today on Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray of Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri-City area, but based where he was born and raised, in Pinconning. You can come by and say hello, visit the office, get some good recommendations on places to eat, places to fish, places to hunt, all that good stuff when you come by. Oh, and financial advice and guidance and all that good stuff, too. But uh, let, let's be honest, Kevin. People really come to visit you for the uh, for the local recommendations, the chit-chat, and maybe in case you got something cooking up in the uh, in the air fryer every once in a while there in the office. Well, that's funny because we just had somebody stop in um, yesterday, and that's exactly what you're doing. I say, if you <laughs> if you want some good chicken noodle soup or a good pizza grinder, no better place than CJ's right here in Pinconning. If you want good deals on meat, there's Valleys, there's Beeson's, and, of course, we get the Pinconning cheese. Uh, so there's lots of things to do when you come up to Pinconning. We got Northwoods. We got all kinds of stuff to do here, so don't let that uh, – dissuade you from coming up to the uh, pink hunting area i'm getting hungry getting hungry yes, just yes. thinking about it fantastic uh, we're going to cover a few more end of year items on the show today we talked about uh, kind of three bullet points a little bit earlier in the show if you missed that part of the discussion uh, go to insightfolios.com and you can check out the podcast version of the show and re-listen to that first part of the conversation where we went over a couple of good points about rmds and tax loss harvesting and uh, retirement contributions max those out. We go into detail on each of those points in the first part of the show. So check that out at insightfolios.com. By the way, in case you're new to the show, Kevin's the co-author of the book Navigating Through Retirement. And honestly, that's kind of the mission statement of the show, uh, pointing out ways and tips that you can navigate your way to through retirement as well and uh, do so without a lot of headache, without a lot of consternation, getting more confidence in your plan and your financial situation. So let's get to it without further ado. Three more points to consider here at the end of the year, Kevin, uh, for retirees and pre-retirees. Number four is evaluate options for tax-deductible charitable contributions. Uh, but there's a caveat here. Be aware that a lot of people will end up just taking the standard deduction so these contributions, um, you know, they might not be helpful uh, in their taxes. Doesn't mean you shouldn't still give to charitable organizations, but have the right expectations, perhaps? Well, that's true, because a few years back, uh, when President Trump was in, they passed something called, do you remember what it was, uh, Walter? Uh, not the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act? or Yeah, it's pretty close, cool. Secure Act. Secure Act, okay. They yeah, there were so many, right? There, we yep. had Secure Act, CARES, and a whole bunch of other ones, so. Yeah. I forgot them all at this point. But what the SECURE Act does, and it's a lot of confusion on this, so I'm glad you brought that up, is basically, and I talked to the accountant the other day, and he said basically for a married couple, is the first $27,500 is what's called your standard deduction. And if you're single, it's half of that. In other words, what that means is the first $27,500 doesn't get taxed. So that's, that's what the standard deduction means. So if you're, let's say you're giving $5,000 a year to the church and you give a couple thousand dollars a year to St. Jude's, excuse me, that's $7,000. Well, if you do it that particular way, you're not going to be able to use that as the deduction because the standard deduction, the 27.5 in this case, is higher than what you're doing here. But if you do want to, to um, start giving some tax deductible things to charitable organizations that qualified you know distribution of your rmd that we just talked about a few minutes ago will work and there's a couple other things that you can do that will work but for most people when they used to itemize their mortgage they used to itemize you know their property tax all those things 
most of the time now, those don't add up more than what your total standard deduction is for the year. And again, that's $27,500 about for married couples and half of that for single couples. So you have to have more than that in order to do the itemization. That's pretty much done away with a lot of it, Walter, when I talk to the accountant, because most people, it's it's bigger than what it used to be. So most people don't get over that uh over that threshold, if that makes sense. I think I'm in, I mean, I'm in that boat. I used to itemize every year and then several years ago, you know, that just stopped and now it's a pretty easy standard deduction and I don't have to worry about tracking as much stuff over the course of the year. And honestly, I kind of like it, Kevin, because the tax deductible part of charitable donations, although great, it just, I don't know, it, it wasn't like it created a conflict of interest, but you always were worried about tracking that whenever you were giving something away, making sure you're maximizing it or whatever the case may be. I got to admit, just personally, it's kind of nice now to just be able to give and not have to worry about like constantly tracking all of those all of those moving parts. So yeah, it does help like because we have people who give, you know, several different organizations and it just, yeah, it's from when you talk to the accountant, you talk to clients who come in their office, they typically like just hate the standard deduction, have to worry about all the other stuff, yeah. track it, keep it for seven years, and everything else that comes along with it. So. I mean, if you're giving enough to where then you need to be, you know, like if you're doing the standardized uh, or excuse me, the itemized deductions, like, okay, yeah, you need to track it. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not downing the idea and, and the sensibility of doing it. I'm just saying like, oh, it's kind of nice to be able to, when your heart feels like giving, you just give and not have to worry so much about the tracking of every piece. I just, exactly. I, I found it actually helped me become more charitable, not concerning myself with the tracking of everything than beforehand. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, know if, I don't know if other people have felt that the same way, but yeah. sounds, sounds interesting at least. Uh, cool. That's helpful. Uh, number five, end of year tip for you. Talking to Kevin Ray about end of year financial things to check up on, guidance, advice, ideas. Number five would be consider purchases that would give you a tax credit. Now, are these all that they're cracked up to be, Kevin? Is this like, okay, buy this refrigerator or this oven that's Energy Star or gets you this this electric vehicle that gets you this or solar power that? I mean, is this uh, the, the realm that we're talking about here? It is. So a tax credit, Walter, is different than what a tax deduction is. So let's look at a tax credit. First of all, it's going to lower the amount of money that you have to pay the government. It's designed, if you think about it this way, to encourage people to spend money in certain ways. So for an example, the most common tax credit out there is called the child tax uh, credit. Taxpayers, so if you're a taxpayer who have children under the age of 16, I still don't get that why it wouldn't be 18 or under, but 16, at the end of the calendar year, you're going to receive a credit to help reduce the cost of raising that child. So they're going to give you X amount of dollars to raise that child. Another one, there's other tax credits out there called lifetime learning credits. That's encourage you to pursue education. There's several different other, you know, credits for other dependents, adoption credits, low income housing credits, premium tax credits. You know, that comes from the Affordable Care Act. The American Opportunity, like we talked about, and the Lifetime Learning Credit. There's several credits out there, and what they do is they reduce your liability versus reducing your taxable amount, if that makes sense. So those are all different. They're all different. They all apply differently. And the best way to figure out that is to talk to your accountant, talk to your advisor, see if you can take advantage of any of those. Because this is, this is the end of the year, and you don't want to miss any of those, because some of those could be two or $3,000 credits, for example. And if you have some, you know, three, four kids, that could add up quite a bit for, you know, next year's taxes and this year's taxes. So keep that in the back of your mind. Lots of good things to consider on the show today for sure. And here is one more end of year financial guidance to consider and be thinking about. See if a Roth conversion 
makes sense for you. And this is something that can be done kind of right at the end of the year, Kevin? It can. Before December 31st, you can do what's called a Roth conversion. So what are we talking about there? You have a traditional IRA that you are a traditional 401k, traditional 403b, whatever it is, that's been growing tax deferred for many, many, many years in most cases. So what does that mean? So whatever that account value is on a traditional side, when you take $1,000 out of there, $100 out or whatever dollar figure you're taking out of there, it's 100% taxable. And the reason is because you haven't paid tax on it to this point. Now, the Roth conversion is just the opposite. So we sit down and we talk to people about maybe this is the year that we do some Roth conversion. So we're going to take some of that traditional IRA, 403B, and we're going to convert it to the Roth. Now, two things happen when we do that. Number one, you have to pay tax on the amount you convert. So if you convert $10,000, you owe tax on it this year for that $10,000. But what does it do for you in the end? So you get, get, you're giving up something, you're paying tax, but what are you getting in benefit of that? Well, you're getting hopefully years and years and years of tax-free income. So when we convert to a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, whatever that account grows to when you go to pull it out is 100% tax-free versus the traditional what's 100% taxable. This year and the next year and I think the following year, we're still going to probably still be in these low second, say I think it's the second lowest tax environment. So it makes sense for a lot of people to sit down and look, does that make sense? Do you have dollars set aside that you could do this? Can we keep you in the same tax bracket so we don't bump you in the next tax bracket? Do we do a strategy? If you want to do, let's say, $100,000, do you convert it? Do we do a strategy where you do maybe $10,000 a year for the next 10 years or $20,000 for the next five years? We look at all of those things because we don't, want to, we don't want you paying any more tax than you have to. And then once we get it in there, we typically want to have that Roth account grow for a while. We want it to stew and bubble and grow as much as it can because later on in life, we want to pull those dollars out so we don't have to pay tax on it because I'm thinking and most advisors are thinking if you talk to them, tax rates are going to have to go up. So that would help you greatly in most cases down the road. So Roth conversion is a big thing to start thinking about year end. And if you have, if it's too late this year for you to start doing that next year, January, it's not, it's not too late to do it then because you can still plan for that year. All right, very good. These are just some awesome tips uh, today for the end of the year. Roth conversion could make a huge difference in somebody's financial plan. So if it's the right fit for you, it's definitely worth uh, considering that. Uh, looking at those tax credits, looking at that tax-deductible charitable contribution item as well. If you are an itemized uh, deduction kind of person, uh, you got lots of options available to you there. So lots of really good things covered in the first half of our show today. And if you need some help implementing any of these end-of-year ideas or you're wondering how you can improve your financial situation going into 2023, don't hesitate to reach out to Kevin. You can have a complimentary review with him, talk about your financial plan, what's going on in your life, what your goals and dreams are, how you want to accomplish those. Kevin can lay out that plan and that vision for you and help implement it, execute it, and continue it. It's not a, a one-and-done kind of thing. When you start working with somebody like Kevin Ray, you really do become a client for life. Uh, that relationship will last uh, pretty much forever to help make sure that you're getting all the way through retirement, uh, not just a one-time thing to get to that date. So if you've got questions about what that relationship looks like, how you can get further down this process of planning for retirement, making the right decisions and choices, reach out to Kevin by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. He is your financial coach, born and raised in Pinconning. That's where the office is today as well. 888-885-PLAN is the number or online at insightfolios.com.
Hey, more coming up on today's show. Stay tuned. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. If you've been a longtime listener, you know this. Uh, Once a week, we like to just take a sidestep from all the financial stuff. I try to ask Kevin random questions. I mean, we're, we're several years into the show now, Kevin. So, you know, sometimes these Kevin, these, these questions get more and more off the wall a little bit, you know, but that, that's okay. Mm. That makes it more fun, right? When we kind of have some bizarre hypotheticals. And this one's not too weird this week, so, but I think I'm pretty sure of the answer. So let's see. Um, are you active on social media or do you prefer to be a little bit more private? What would you guess about me, Walter? I'm going to say you do nothing on social media, but I could see a little bit of Facebook for, for sharing fishing pictures with friends and, and that kind of thing. So if, well, if you were going to do anything, I'd say a little Facebook, but I kind of feel like maybe you stay away from the whole thing. Well, for, for the most part, I was, I'm on Instagram. Does that surprise you? That does surprise me. Yeah. yeah. But I don't. I, but I that got makes kicked. more sense with your picture taking because I think you, yeah. you like to do a lot of like picture taking and sharing and viewing what people are doing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I just got barred from Instagram. Well, you how, how? I don't know why. What'd you do? I, I've never posted anything on Instagram, just like you suspected. But I follow all of my fishing buddies ah, to see what they're doing. Right? Yeah, and somehow you got banned. For I doing got banned nothing. for doing nothing. So I don't yeah. know if I didn't participate and they banned me. Um, so they're I had like, to, this 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 guy must be a bot. He never posts. So so I had to go what... back in and make another account and fool them. But I'm back on. Oh my I'm, gosh. The fishing picture you just seen was from Tyler from Moth, Moth Bear Outfitters, like we talked about the, uh, earlier. About yep. him. He caught a nice big trout. And um, so I'm following him and several other guys. But a little bit of Facebook. You know, I'll put my hunting and fishing yeah. pictures on there a little bit. I haven't put anything on there in a long time. But there again, I'm in groups. I'm on fly fishing. I'm on all those groups in there. Yeah, That's typically nice. what I do. So you hit it right on the head. And I got a feeling you're more like me. I'm I'm even I'm even more off the grid, if you will. So I, I don't have any social media accounts. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm a rare 35 year old, I think, without a whole lot of social media stuff going on. So, it must be. Um, I, I technically, I guess, do you count LinkedIn really as social media? I don't really count that, but I don't I, think so. I have a LinkedIn profile, so um, but maybe that's about it. Yeah, I, I used to do Instagram. Um, and I kind of miss it sometimes, um, but I got off of it, and for the most part, it's like I don't think I'm missing a whole lot out of it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get back on Instagram. I, I just want to see your fishing pictures more than, more than anything. <laughs> but you text them to me, so you know that yeah, that, 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 that works. Them. That works for me. Well, the funny thing is, is I've never posted a word. I mean, I've liked a couple of things. I've followed a couple of people. That was yeah. it, just to see what the fishing's going on or the hunting in that in the, uh, in the other spectrum of it. That was my evolution. I started with posting stuff on Instagram, not very frequently, pretty rare. And it was mostly just following other people. And then I didn't post anything for years and just did the following routine and then just gave, just deleted it all together yeah. and said, nah, I'm done with this. What was funny is I don't, I don't know much about social media. Not, not a whole lot anyway, but all of a sudden I seen on there, people are following me and I'm like, how can they follow me? I don't need to put anything on there. Yeah. Why? So yeah, I'm I don't not, get I'm that. I'm not providing so. anything of interest to you. <laughs> <laughs> Those must be the bots coming through, I guess. Those must be, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll try Instagram again at some point, but again, I don't feel like I'm missing much, so I'll probably stay away. 
better things to spend time on that's for sure uh okay cool well thanks for sharing that with us kevin I, i'm a little surprised at the instagram thing but it makes sense so yeah i say i go fishing you know for those people who are looking for some good christmas gifts i just bought a whole bunch of stuff from moth bear outfitters and he's got some really cool fly fishing stuff if you're looking for for christmas i thought i'd throw that out there we're so. gonna have to start getting some ad dollars from moth bear we're gonna have to <laughs> but he takes me to the hot fishing spots well so there you go so we'll you, let it go you've now. got a little trade deal going i got on, a little trade like. deal yeah nice a little, little free airtime on the show you take me to the special the special fish spots perfect yeah it's funny because he just dropped off a package this morning because he was going downstate so yeah nice nice well very cool well thanks for sharing that with us kevin and uh that's getting to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on the show today. We've got more coming up. Uh, when we come back, our final segment of the week, we're going to talk about generosity since it's that uh, kind of time of year where that's top of mind as well. Well, we've got some uh, some great intriguing questions about generosity, financial planning, retirement planning, all that sort of intertwined. So look forward to that. We'll talk to Kevin about it coming up next. Stay tuned to Simply Financial. After a while, all that financial noise seems to run together. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone. It's time for a fresh perspective. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Rocking and rolling today with Kevin Ray on Simply Financial. Glad you're with us today. And uh, I, I don't know, I guess to be in the spirit of the season, maybe I shouldn't say rocking and rolling. We're, or we could be rocking around the Christmas tree, perhaps, on the show today. Or, Little Brenda Lee. Uh, or jingle belling our way through the show. Nah, that one doesn't sound as good. But, uh, in any event, we're in a festive mood on Simply Financial today. Uh, Kevin's a financial coach at Insight Folios, born and raised in Pinconning. That's where the office is these days as well. He's got about three decades of experience in the financial and retirement planning world, and he's the co-author of the book Navigating Through Retirement. If you'd like to learn more about how to do just that, navigate through retirement, give him a call at 888 888- 885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin, let's talk uh, as we end the show today a little bit about generosity. I'm curious, when you think about your clients who you would consider to be generous, uh, what does that generosity usually look like? You know, to whom or what are they generous? Well, we have, that's a really good question this time of year too, because we have, you know, several lots and lots i shouldn't say several lots and lots of clients that are generous they give pretty good to the church typically they're going to give to the missions around this, around their local area here they're going to help strangers out and they don't want recognition for it so if i have one client say send 500 dollars to this particular organization and how do we do it so i don't know so they don't know it came from me so the people who are generous will do those types of things. They're typically going to volunteer a lot more, at least my clients. They'll get involved in their churches or KCs or communities. And they're, they're just, you can tell because they typically got a smile on the face. They're happy. They're good lucky. And they're just, you know, they're, they're all, all around good people. And generosity, there's lots of things I'm probably forgetting that uh, what they do for other people just it's phenomenal with what they'll do well that's pretty cool uh, i'm wondering if maybe you're always good at these stories can you maybe tell us an example of somebody you worked with who was kind of a naturally generous and giving person and part of your job was to strategically work that into their overall financial plan like more than just the one-offs anybody come to mind where you set up something like a little bit bigger or longer term uh, well one client comes to mind now a couple they give to their elmer mater every year 
and they give a pretty good chunk of of money there so we had to incorporate that into the plan and because they want to give up and above what they need to live on so every year we do that through different various um ways well you know sometimes we'll do the rmds because they're old enough we can take the rmd and just give it over there and then as long as it's a 501c corporation we will do that and there's no taxes uh, included on that but it's you know it's it's you know between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars every year that they do, so that needs to be built into your plan. And they've been doing that now for probably I want to say ten, twelve years uh, with me. And that's every you know that's on the top ten things to do uh, throughout the year. That's probably their first one or two that they want to get done with. Usually we do it in January for them, and we plan for it throughout the year. How are we going to do it? Are we going to take dividends? Are we going to ask cash? Are we going to do RMDs, those types of things? But every year they will do that, and uh, that's a pretty generous gift every single year. If you think about that for the last 10 years, that adds up. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, love hearing stories like that, and it's neat, I'm sure, for you. to. It adds a layer of planning, uh, not a layer of complication. I don't think that's the right word, but an, a layer of strategy, uh, an extra layer for you to be able to focus on and plan and work into their situation. So that must be a fun part of the process when people come in with that goal and that mission. I'm curious, though, let, let's look at like, uh, you know, it's not all rosy or it's not all, you know, just like, yeah, give everything away. Uh, have you, let's look at the flip side. Have you ever worked with somebody who was inclined to maybe give too much away? You know, may, maybe no such thing as too generous, but have you ever worked with somebody who was like just a little bit too far on that spectrum and you had to reel them back in a little bit to make sure they kind of were taking care of number one first? Yes. Um, I have a lady who is the most generous person you'll ever come across. If you walk, let me give you an example, Walter. If you walk into her house and you see a painting on the wall and say, geez, I really admire that painting. They she just will give li- it to you. <laughs> she will literally, yeah. so you have to be careful. She will literally take it off the wall and give it to you. Right? Oh, my like, God. My dad is the same way. You know, he is the same way. Kevin, he's he's an artist. I've probably talked about him a couple of times on the show. And back when he used to do shows, uh, you know, in the, in the local community and, and, you know, he'd have a booth or whatever. If somebody came in and they, you know, they could be somebody who's probably never bought a really nice piece of art or something like that. Probably a young person. But they'd be like, oh, my God, it's such a beautiful painting and then if he's like he's like yeah do you want to buy it or whatever and he's had multiple times with like no no there's no way i could afford that my dad would be like name your price and they'd be like oh i can't i i'm so sorry i can't afford anything over a hundred dollars this might be a thousand dollar or fifteen hundred dollar painting dad will be like it's yours (laughs) my my mom's in the background just going oh my god you're a terrible business person but that's what he's just that way you know it's awesome so is this lady here. I mean, she's had relatives move in with her because they were down on her luck, and she wants to give them the house. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, so we, I have to talk to her and say, you know what, we, you're a young lady here. We got we to gotta look down the road 20, 30 years. Nothing wrong with helping people, but we got to reel you in, just like you said, because you have a tendency. If somebody admires something or if you think they're in need of help, you don't hesitate. You pull the trigger without thinking hey, how's it going to affect me five, 10 years down the road? So there, you can still help, maybe not as much as you're thinking. You can still help, but we got we to gotta look after you also because you don't want to be in that line where you need help. Imagine if we all had an attitude like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. It'd Amazing. be great. So, yeah. 
curious then, how often do you see people who have maybe the financial capacity to be generous, but because they've never viewed themselves as as wealthy, or maybe it's a lack of confidence in their ability to retire or in their own financial situation, they therefore haven't considered being generous before, or maybe it's limited them from being as generous as they could. Is that a discussion you ever have? Do you mean like a person who has enough money and they really aren't being generous because they don't think they're wealthy, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that kind of attitude okay. or perspective. Okay, yeah. I One guy comes to mind right now. He's, he's saved a lot of money, but he's been doing it for 40 years with the end goal in mind that was to retire. He retired. But now, after in the saving mode for 40 years, it's hard for him to get out of that. You know, he lives on X amount of dollars and he does it. And he, he could live on $30,000 a year and have no qualms whatsoever he just he, he just can do it but we're having the conversations now about you know do you really you know you want to help the kids out so he's starting to help the kids out a little bit more or he's starting to you know do a little bit more to the church because he's come to the realization after working so hard for 40 years and saving that he's a little bit better off than what he really thought and as a matter of fact in this case is a lot better off than what he thought by getting him up to that point where he thinks you know he can give a little bit extra here and there without you know hurting his strategy has been has been a journey to get him to get him there so that person comes to mind and but he's getting there and he's he's doing it but for the first 5 years of retirement he was buckled down he could he could squeeze you know every last uh, rice out of that rice box that he, when he made a bowl of rice for example and uh, he just he's just very frugal guy and he lived that way for all those years it's hard for him to get out of that out of that mindset but after a few years of retirement, he relaxed, started enjoying stuff, looked around, seen people maybe need some help, and he's starting to be more generous as, as time goes on. Did that, did that answer your question? It did answer my question, yep, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the perspective on all those different angles about generosity. It just sounds like, bottom line, um, for a lot of your clients, there's an aspect of generosity that enters the conversation and the equation, and you just spend a lot of time in the planning process just making sure it's a good fit, just like anything else, right? And it's a good fit for uh, what their plans are, what their goals are, making sure all the numbers come together and work and, and meet those goals. Well, it is because in our simplicity plan, now this is our income plan I'm talking about, we have a tab in there called life events. And this is where it comes in. You want to help the kids for five years. They need X amount of dollars. You want to go to church. You want to do whatever it is. We can plan for that in that software itself. And we can show you whether it makes sense or not. Maybe you're giving too much. Maybe you're giving too little. We can adjust it back and forth and show you right in front of your eyes, hey, this makes sense. This is what you want to do. This is a priority to you. Great. Let's put it in the plan. Let's figure out if it's feasible. If it's not, let's come up with some some other plan to make it feasible if we can, and let's go from there. But that's a big, big, big part of my planning process here is what's more, what's important to you? How do we want to plan for it? How do, and more importantly, how do we make sure it gets done if that's on your top one or two or three things to do in your retirement as you're going through? Okay, very good. Lots of great information on today's show. I hope some of it was helpful to you. If you've got questions about anything you heard or a question about something else going on in your financial life, uh, anything that you want to improve when it comes to your situation, uh, all you have to do to get in touch with Kevin Ray is pick up the phone, give him a call, and schedule that time to meet for a complimentary review, whether that be a quick chat on the phone, uh, a Zoom call, or coming into the office and pin conning, whatever you're comfortable with, you can start the process that way. 888 plan is the number. If you get the voicemail, just leave a quick message. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- 
885-7526, or you can go online to insightfolios.com. You can click the listen button there to ask questions, listen to past episodes, and find out more information as well. But again, the easiest way to get in touch as we wrap up this uh, kind of 2022 year, 888-885-PLAN, your number to call. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for all of your help on the show today and throughout 2022. Quick programming announcement to the listeners. We're, we're going to have a, a show that will still air next weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll pick some of our best segments from the year, so there'll still be great financial guidance and advice. And if you've missed any th- uh, any of the shows throughout the year, you'll probably hear some information that would be new to you, perhaps. So check us out if you happen to be driving around over Christmas weekend next week. And then we'll be back with a fresh show for the first, uh, I guess it's kind of the straddle weekend, Kevin, the uh, last Last day of 2022 and the beginning of 2023. We'll spend some time on that show looking ahead to 2023 and uh, next year and some guidance and advice as we look forward. But uh, have really enjoyed the time with you, Kevin. Hope you have a great Christmas and uh, time with family. And uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you again soon. I look forward to it, Walter, and to our listeners. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and a great New Year. We'll talk to everybody soon. Come back and see us on Simply Financial. Take care. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.